What's going on, everybody? Nate here. This is going to be the last podcast we do this year. This was a podcast that was done with Jeremy Jones and Melina Mike. We uh, asked Jeremy a bunch of questions about the Moscone Cup, both as a captain and as a player, and I guess just as a, a general fan of the game, which Jeremy ultimately is number one, I think, is... Uh, he just loves the game, and he loves being around the game, and he's one of the best ambassadors the game has. So uh, we we did that interview today, but as always, here are a couple of announcements that I have to get out of the way in the beginning. It is December 30th. You have exactly two more days to get entered into the podcast's Patreon so that you can get entered into a drawing for a free Predator Air Rush. We are giving that away on either the first or the second, kind of depends on what uh, my New Year's Eve and New Year's Day consists of. If I'm able to do the drawing on the first, I will. If not, I will push it back to the second. But you will have until December 31st at midnight to get entered into that drawing. And after that, you will lose your opportunity to get into that drawing. But we are still going to be giving away a custom white carbon fiber shaft next month. So uh, that is another great prize. It's incentive for not only people to sign up for the Patreon, but to stay signed up for it so that we could have, uh, I guess, longevity with the podcast going forward. This is the best way of supporting it and allowing me to continue working in the industry and doing all the things that I do to bring you guys the content like you're going to be hearing today. So really is the best way of supporting us and allowing us to continue doing what we're doing. Uh, I guess with that out of the way, we can get right into the interview. So here is Jeremy Jones, interviewed by myself and Melina Mike. I'm a real deal. I'll shoot your liver out and hand it to you. Felt this wet, this nice and rested after uh, the last few months of your career. You look so nice and rested. Uh, well, actually, last like four or five days have been pretty good. Um, last few days in Moscone, the flight home, and then several days after that, I didn't sleep very well. But um, but Christmas was there. It was a great Moscone Cup, so uh, you know, uh, good times. Did you play in that uh, in that triples event out there with? Uh... Uh, Doc and Josh's thing. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, what April time did that David finish did. up at? Yeah, uh, I, we finished right outside the money. I played with uh, April Gonzalez. I think she's 14 now, and her dad David. They hit me up to play, and um, there was something that started out in my mind as real fun, but became very competitive once I saw my partners how great they were playing. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it's kind of incredible what they're doing at that pool room as far as weekly tournaments, but. Yeah, no kidding. I, I was up there maybe like a few, maybe like three weeks ago. I was up there and and I stopped in at CK's and boy, they're they're pulling, they're having some big like and during the week too, like a Monday, you know, big big events, weekly so. events. So and they're and yeah. they're throwing it around with a lot of variety, which I like. Yeah, you mixing know, it doubles, up, singles, triples, seven footers, nine footers. So it's kind of cool. Is it that easy to get you to play? Like, if I just send you a message, uh, you know, next text message tomorrow, you'll just show up on Saturday and play with me? Is it that easy to get Jeremy to play? 
Well, if I have time, uh, I, it's, it's pretty <laughs> easy to get me to play. I love playing, but uh, it's just a matter of having time. And and uh, and I do want to think we can win. We got a little shot to win, Nate. So. Well, well, let's talk about how easy it is to go and play. Because I want to know how much convincing, or whether it was you that brought it up, or was it were you kind of just told? How did that go? Whenever you know the news is in, Earl's out, and you know, USA is going to be a man down. Uh, well, in which regard, like how, you know, just how I felt or. Well, I know. mean, just more so like, was were you like, I'm in, let's go. Or was it more like, hey, you know, you're, you're, you know, what's in, you're playing. <laughs> well, you know, it takes me a second to process anything, uh, I think. But Emily was right on it. Hey, you're playing. Um I think she knew I wouldn't say no anyways, uh, where maybe some might. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it clicked pretty quick to get kind of excited and anxious and nervous and um, um, kind of a crazy feeling all in one. Uh, uh, and mainly because uh, the last thing I'd competed in was the U.S. Open, and I'd commented after that that I'd felt nerves like I'd never felt before. And I think it's because of not playing and not being prepared and just curious what was going to happen. So I, I reflected on that a hair and then I kind of left that behind, hoping that wouldn't uh, happen again out there in the Musconian. Um, besides day one, I, th I think uh, nerves were in check pretty decent. How easy is it to go and like say those words and, you know, say the cliche versus like here, doing it here where you're leaving it out the door? Uh, well, I use those cliches and I always bring it up just because, you know, them cliches stick around because they're so true, Mike, right? right. Um, why they, those sayings last so long beyond we, uh, beyond us. Right. But, um, For sure. um, I, I kind of weigh on those things. I think of, I think of other players, there's certain players, Federer Gorsuch is one I always think of when it comes to playing versus uh, connecting your practice to playing, you know, so I went in and our practice some um, as much as I could and uh, then kind of just try to take what I was doing in practice out there and, and, and uh, you know, kind of fire away out there on that main table. All right. So we're going to be a lot more structured with our questions here, but we're kind of going out of order, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to know, I want to know after all of this, you know, you weren't planning on playing, you haven't been playing. And then you get thrown in there right away. No heads up, basically. I want to know what that does for the future of JJ's career. Is Are we going to see, like, is that like the spark for you starting to, you know, get back in there and playing a little bit more? Or is that what just kind of a one-off, like a like a Carl Boris? Or was that like an actual start to uh, this Jeremy Jones career part two? Uh, you know, I'm going to try and make, make it to where it makes me want to play more for sure. Um, I'm going to see about in 22 what what's possible as far as playing i'll play some big events um sure i want to play i mean i'd love to just set everything else aside and and go back to what i used to do which was i was a big practice player seven eight hours a day and um but you know nate we got bills we got kids we got all <laughs> kinds of stuff so and you know i'm very fortunate to where whenever i talk about you know setting my cue down that i still get to be around the pool world um, so that makes it a little easier. Uh, I get to compete a little bit, you know, 
watching those matches, get to compete through my friends a little bit and, and uh, still still have a big tie to the sport. So, you know, if I was in a nine to five that, eh, you know, maybe I would consider a little more, but um, you never know. I'm trying to debate right now about the Derby, to be honest with you. I was uh, messaging with Pat Fleming uh, whether I'm going to just work it or play. And I kind of feel like I got to play just because, uh, you know, the events are set up to where I could do pretty well if, if, if I got to hitting them. Absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, the unique part about the Derby is I think it, it matches up really well for your style of play with uh, the banks, the one pocket and the nine ball. I mean, I, I don't see a reason why you couldn't be a dark horse to be a top five or even win the all around based off of the game that you play. Yeah, if I was in stroke, I always felt like I had a chance at that. Um, one thing sitting against me is the short races, uh, which we all have to deal with. But I've always been somebody that could start a little slow and kind of get into the game a little bit more. So um, I think if we had more of those uh, back in the day, I think it would have been better for me. But yeah, I mean, the Derby's kind of like the Moscone in a sense. Whoever gets that lead has a huge advantage. So, you know, you go out there in the banks. I finished top four or five a few times, uh, a couple times. If you get out there and get that win in the banks, which is a very doable thing, even though even if you're not playing all the time, um, you know, you got the best shot at winning the all-around. Yeah. That's why I think Billy's always going to be a huge favorite in that for the all-around because he's just – Yeah, mean, just you know, a it's, it's a booster – you know, you, you get in there and you do something well in the banks, it can it can really get you going, even even if one pocket isn't maybe something you're supposed to go so far in. And I'm not talking about Billy, but I'm just talking about any players. Um, you know, I, I've seen it before at that derby where you, you, you take somebody as a little underdog, let them get a little, little mojo going, and uh, they can make a run at that all around. Well, you can play one pocket pretty sporty. I mean, you came in third, what was it, like maybe three years ago at, uh, at Buffalo's? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've won a few of those events, you know, uh, the one pocket, like I said, I, it, it, a little longer race probably suits me a little right. bit more, but, you know, I, I don't know when it was five or six years ago, I think it was when DeShane took second, I think he and I were the last two undefeated going into round 12, um, before I took a couple losses there, but. Um, oh, you did good this year too, didn't you, Jeremy? You ended up playing Tony, I think, on the winner's side, if I, if I remember In the right. one pocket? Uh, yeah, or where you, where you talk, what tournament? The, the the Buffaloes, the two thousand entry. Yeah, I got a uh, this year. I got right on the bubble of the money. Um, Buffaloes always sets up well for me. I think race to five, tighter tables. I I, I think it kind of suits my style a little bit for tournament style. Anyways, you know, three and stop, two and stop kind of stuff. Mike, so. <laughs> I love it. The grinder over here. Yeah, I think I finished third a few years ago. I never ran over four. So I, if I can improve on that a little bit, maybe I could, I could step it up. So. So you want like three and a half inch pockets? Well, no, no. Four and a, <laughs> I, I like the four and an eighth. I like the four and an eighth. I like the four and a quarters. Uh, uh, but yeah, if I could, if I'm thinking well, I can kind of stretch the game out a little bit and uh, at least make them earn it. If you love one pocket, you got to watch Jeremy Jones go and play because you really have this ability to analyze the table. And just play the right shot. Like you're not gonna. It's rare that I see you go and take flyers or you know a, a lower percentage. You know you don't have any problem going and and making that game as long as it needs to be uh, because you're looking to go and get the W. 
Yeah, and, and sometimes it works against you, Mike, but being able to see and kind of know what your opponent's wanting to do and what may happen uh, according to the layout of the table, I can see kind of things happening a few shots down the line that, like I said, make me play a little tighter at times, but also, you know, that's the way I'm going to get the W a lot of times. You got patience, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because I didn't have much when I first started playing one pocket. I was just like everybody else. I hate this game. It's not for me. I keep losing my money. And, you know, a uh, couple years playing there in Houston, it kind of changed all that. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump into the Moscone Cup talk. Uh, I would like I would like to get your thoughts, and and I know it's been out there a couple times, but uh, not here. So uh, I would like to know your thoughts on uh, Earl having to step back and how that changed your your coaching strategy from you know having Earl to to not having Earl. How did it change your preparation going into the match? Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, it was a little bit of a a body blow for a little more of some players than others. Um, we all took it hard. Um, just a matter of uh, personalities, you know, some guys that just, hey, we got to forget about it immediately. And then some guys, you know, kind of took a little bit to set in because we all wanted Earl to play and we all saw those efforts uh, he was putting in. Um, you know, I, the one thing about what I thought about Earl when I saw him there was I thought we had a lot of room to toy with our lineup after day one. Day one, you set it in there, you see what happens, and then you can make some adjustments on day two and three. And the reason why I'm saying that is I thought we'd see Earl improve and get more settled in. So I thought we could toy around with the lineup a little bit, come to day two and three if needed. Um, you know, for me, it was a big body blow to, to lose Earl because I played with him several times in the Moscone, played a lot of doubles with him. and. Um, his passion out there, you know, it doesn't always get the W, but his passion out there and his, his, his fight is exactly what I wanted the guys to see. Um, especially, I mean, a guy up in his age and, and doing what he was doing. Um, as far as me, I had to kind of like, you know, you had me playing later in the day. I thought I could handle that better. Um, than a lot of the other guys, plus it gave me time to practice, kind of gave me time. Uh, like day two, for instance, day two is a very emotional day for us. We had a great day, um, but I was a lot more settled. It's almost like I was a little punch drunk going into that last match on day two in the doubles because I was watching all these other matches. So it kind of got me more settled, if that makes any sense. It kind of like, you know, I used to, before big finals or something, I'd go run around the building or, or a heavy walk at least <laughs> to get that heart <laughs> And it settled me before that match. And it was almost the same things during those uh, other matches, watching the guys, even though it was an emotional roller coaster, um, it still kind of let me exert a little energy and made me feel a little better about things going into my match. So, you know, a couple of friends of mine yesterday commented, we were talking about it, that, hey, maybe, maybe I should have played a little bit sooner because uh, it looked like I was get, getting more comfortable. Maybe I should have played a little sooner in day three, but kind of felt like the lineups uh, the lineups were pretty good. Mike, you want yeah. to ask something? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's easy to go and play that Monday morning quarterback, you know. In, in all fairness, I don't think, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but, you know, you coming in last minute, it's like they weren't really expecting a whole lot out of you, Jeremy. 
you know, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like they're just throwing you to the wolves. And if you get a, you know, a point or two, it's just nothing but upside. At, at what point, and I don't know if it was maybe in the team's match or maybe that match with Chris where it was like, you know, we got a, we got a shot here, you know, like not just I'm going to go and say those things to rah, 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 everyone, but legitimately, you know, I mean, y'all had it. You're up four to one. You got a hell of a shot of, of going up six, three, you know, on, on, on team Europe. At right. what point did, did it like, you know, we can do this. Well, I mean, I've always believed we could do it. I keep reminding the guys, you know, race to five, nine ball. Um, even though on the other end, I do remind them that, Hey, even though it's a race to five, you got to stay patient. That race to five will make you want to be impatient. Sometimes you get down three to one, you feel like you got to go for something. Uh, but after winning the team match and then that second match, um, uh, I think that second match where Chris and Tyler came through in that doubles, I think right. just early right there, I thought we we're in a good spot uh, and I, and it made me feel like we could win even more. Um, by then, I, I was personally I, in a very good spot. Was that? <laughs> yeah. By then, I was. I personally was in a very good spot. Yeah, One, I kind of noticed. Because I had a couple drinks. Yeah, yeah. There was a major difference and, between uh, my wife uh, when she had a, a sip of wine and when she didn't. Uh, can, can I step away for 10 seconds? For some reason, no, I'll no just ring. Let me make sure it's nothing too important. Yeah, I... I uh, I felt really good. One, because the Europeans next to me had shut up by then. And two, <laughs> I was like, I, I I was on my multiple drinks. We'll just put it that yeah, way. I mean, day two was was really, really massive. I know we talked about the Moscone Cup plenty of times, but I mean when it's when they win those three matches in the in the heart of day two, and you know, then it really makes Jeremy and Chris's match at the end of day two that much more important, right? I remember well, I've never, thinking, I've like, never straight up, holy! I've never, yeah, I've never straight up asked you this. Do you think if uh, you think if they run out there and they get up six three, do you think the U.S. wins? Yes, yes or no answer. Yes. All right, we're back. Sorry about because, that. Because because here's the deal: is that it's easy when those Europeans are up five to four, but it's a it's a whole different story when you down have five four uh, down five four down five four. Sorry, yeah, down five four, as opposed to. Hey, we're on paper supposed to be, you know, we're, we're, we're favorites and now we're down six, three, and now we're in a hole. Players play differently whenever they're playing from behind. I've seen the best players in the world go and not change who they are, but they don't respond the same way. There's only a few players that can just put that aside and still have that same killer instinct. You know, I know a lot of those guys do, but I mean, it would have been completely different. No, the, the question I asked, catch you up, Jeremy, uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I said, Mike, yes or no question. If you guys are able to pull out that six three going into day three, did does the U.S. win from there? Just a yes or no answer, and he said yes. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I feel the same. I mean, you got to go with either team that's up six to three. I think, uh, no matter what the lineups are, um, you know what Mike was, I think, commenting about is you know how players play in, in certain scenarios and certain. Uh, score lines, uh, you know, doesn't matter who they are. They're going to feel a little more heat when, the, when that's the situation. Right. Now, as great as those players are, um, if given the opportunity at the table, they probably won't vary a whole lot, but you, you may see it a miss from an occasional player. You might, might not expect. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, six three. Six three is huge. There were a few points there. I think we had a chance to go up three zero the first day, which is just the first day. But the, those are, that's a huge point. And then, uh, of course, our our point at the end when we we're up four to one there on day two. Uh, probably the biggest point of the, of the match, and 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 probably the biggest point of the match, just because it ends day two. You know, it, it goes there and it makes them have to sit on it a little bit. Stewing down three points. You know, they yeah, got a whole night straight. to be in here. Exactly. You know, you go in a thing like this, the game's so mental, you're not going to get too fatigued to make it so easy to sleep if you're down six to three. You know, you're going to you're gonna probably miss on a few minutes of sleep that night. Yeah, the um, what would it have been? Uh, I think uh, Shane had the first singles match. Did Shane have the first singles match on day two? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, the fans' choice. Yeah, the right. fans' choice. So, and he loses that, and then Europe is feeling real good. You know, they just beat Shane for, you know, the seventeenth time in a row, basically, and they're feeling real good about themselves. And then go on to lose four straight from there. Woo! Alex would have had some work to do that night. <laughs> yeah, and really had a position in a position to to win that first match as well. Um, yeah, I saw it kind of from the start that Jason. <clears throat> I don't know if it was that race to 150 or whatever it was that he played not long before, but yeah, I, it's Dennis I, the I think he looked as good this this Moscone than I've ever seen him look. Yeah, his execution I, I was was phenomenal. You know, I, I think it was only it was only mirrored by by Sky, in my opinion, on any like with any player. You know? Yeah, you know, you know the best another one of those cliches is it's like a one shot at a time kind of game, right? Process. And probably I saw that out of Jason more than I've ever seen. Uh, whether the doubles made it that way or or it was a conscious effort, you could see he really just put, you know, maximum effort in a relaxed manner into every shot. And that's a that's a, t a very tough combination with such a talented player. How how difficult was it? Not just the environment, um, you know, the last minute, all the things we talked about. You know, you you jumping in, but. All that paired with a four-inch pocket table. How, how different was that for you, Jeremy? Uh, you know, the four-inch pocket table can get to you if you let it a little bit, and it can get to all of us a little. You know, if you start to miss hit the ball a little, and, you know, you have a few misses that you shouldn't, that's where it gets to you. For me, I've always liked it myself. Um, I almost know I have to stroke the ball better to open the pocket up a little bit. And there's usually a little comforting um, for most players anyways, that, you know, you're probably going to get a few more opportunities uh, with certain layouts that players don't have to get out from. Um, so me personally, I, I loved it as far as that manner. It was probably the best thing in the world for me, actually, most would consider <laughs> we were on a little tighter table than a loose table. You wouldn't think it was four inch pockets though, the way you speared in that, that three ball, three rails and, and and got shape. Oh, the two ball down the ramp. Was it two ball? I thought, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah I just a, remembered that. Yeah. I, I always loved that shot. Uh plus it was early in the match. I felt like I didn't have to sell out if I missed it the way I was shooting it hard down the rail. It could bobble and get out of there or whatever. And and it's a little tester for me to feel the stroke a little bit early in the match. Um, so I thought it was the right time to shoot at it. But 
Yeah, the tighter pockets I thought made me more comfortable than maybe a loose. I thought a loose pocket, I'd be like right on the edge of my seat. You can't afford anything, any mistake. You know what I'm, does that make sense a little bit? Because they're going to go and, and capitalize because it is more loose. Is that what you mean? As opposed to like a four inch where you'll have more chances maybe? Yeah, more chances. And, and I'm not expecting misses. It's just certain layouts that you get to where, okay, it's, you got to shoot this, draw the ball two rails. Well, you talk four inch pocket. Now the shot becomes very demanding. And uh, and you just know they got to earn it a little bit more, you know. That I don't. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess. But no, I get uh, it for sure. More settling. I think you said it right. They got to go and earn it, you know. And yeah. one thing you did, I don't care what match it was, you know, you you earned being in it, you know. And I know you had a couple of points that were left on the table, whether it was the doubles or that singles with David, but you right. were right there with it. And not just that, but. You know, having that lead in the doubles and then coming back from 3-1 on David, it was like the whole thing was really just, I say it, I've said it so many times, but more inspiring than anything else. Like, I don't think you realize in the moment, but you were sending messages to that team on a number of different levels of, you know, I'm I'm fighting with you guys. We're not laying down. And more importantly, like, <laughs> I'm here. I can go and 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 get these points. Yeah, I felt good about it. And I... uh you know, day one, I, day one, I was really nervous. I'm glad I got through that rack with Kachi. Glad we got that point. Day two, I felt awesome. Day three, I was a little bit nervous and whatnot, but I still felt pretty well. But I, I kind of wanted to exhibit what I preached to the guys. Um, you know, r relaxed efforts. You know, you want to be relaxed, of course, but you, you want to key on your process and then Again, like I said before, it's hard to be patient in a race to five, but you got to. Right. You know, uh, I thought that if if I, uh, I I sucked to be impatient, like against David, um, something would give give me a chance to get back in the match as long as I performed. Uh, you know, and, and that's it's like I said, a hard thing to do. But I want the guys to realize that's how the Moscone Cup is. You know, a couple of years ago in 2019, in a very pivotal match, I believe it was Skyler and Tyler that were down four to one. You know, and they stayed patient. You could hear some of the comments between each other when they were mic'd up. They came back and won a crucial match there. I believe it was to make it around five five in that mat in that that Moscone. So it's the same things. You know, David and uh, Kachi stayed patient. You know, uh, Chris and I had a couple little fumbles, and uh, they came back and won a big match. You you brought a whole new level of like beauty to nine ball though because of that style of play and that 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 patient line, you know, of just the moving. You know, we we go back to that last rack, and there's a lot of guys that that I don't I don't think really that I'm surprised here hearing their appreciation for how beautiful that safety play was throughout that last rack. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh... I always say it, it seems like Hill Hill's never a break and run. There's always some drama when it comes to there's Hill Hill. Always. There's always five yeah. innings. <laughs> 30 something years and, you know, 20, well, I 25 guess for years uh, around pro events, you just rarely ever see that break and run uh, in those Hill Hill matches, at least in the big ones, it seems like. Um, Josh and Shane. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Unfortunately. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's just one of those things. But it was it was fun to have that. I think David appreciates that kind of game as well, even though, you know, those are break and run out artists, all those guys. Uh, but, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of sweet shots. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think um, day three, we definitely saw a different Europe. And I think um, 
I think maybe they 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 looked at the situation. They're seeing JJ. You know, he hasn't really been playing much, and he's thrown at the last second. I mean, this is like they're they're already counting how they're going to spend out their thirty thousand. And I think the 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 very first game that you played against Kachi, uh, you won the game, but every single time you came to the table with a starter you had a jacked up shot off the rail and you had to shoot length of the table into a four inch pocket down the long rail. I mean, do you yeah. want to talk about, you want to talk about like, welcome to and the it looks straight up. That first one. Yeah. They were, straight. Yes. They were almost <laughs> yeah. dead straight. Right. You want to talk well, about think, welcome uh, to the Moscone cup. How does it get tougher than that? You, you, you missed the first one, but the second one you, you, you drilled in there and then ran out. I think you had to shoot like another one or two more shots that were jacked up along the way too. That's, yeah. that's, that's brutal. Yeah, I could tell immediately with the rollout, or maybe it wasn't a rollout, it was a safety early, uh, that Kachi and maybe it was a conscious effort from Alex, hey, don't be afraid to leave Jeremy Long, even if uh, even if you let him see the ball, if you ain't got the guaranteed safety distance for sure. And then uh, kind of flailed. I just thought it was a little time. lazy on his part, you know? I thought – but I, I, yeah, I, could see well, that, I could see that strategy, though, Jeremy, because it's like let him go and shoot. You know, we want to see how straight that stroke is on a four-inch pocket table. You know, coming in last minute, I could see and that. On top of it, he would. I think he had. Uh, I think he had food poisoning the first day too. The first and second day, he was not. He was not in it. Well, that no, safety with well, Jeremy, well, that team match was real loose. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, you know, as a coach, only, you know, yeah. you, you can say things to your player, but it's hard. You know, you don't want them to to. Uh, you know, overuse it, you might say, you know, maybe Kachi's thinking, oh, coach said leading long, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he maybe ignores maybe a little bit of a touchy safety with the snooker instead of leading me long. But I understood it and I kind of saw it immediately. Um, that first three ball kind of butchered, kind of jumped at it a little bit. Uh, didn't know what really was happening with the cue ball. And, but then the after second one, I was like, all right, let's make the ball started here. So, um, but yeah. So uh, I guess let's go to the David Alkaidi match and um, okay. lead us. We're, we're talking four four. Take us through your mindset up until the six ball. Just just kind of how you. I mean, do you did you watch it back? Have you watched it back since? Uh, no, I haven't watched the the last game. I watched um, actually I watched a couple of things uh, to to look at my stroke. To be honest with you. Um, and I, you know, just little things. I watched a little bit. I watched more of it that night, just like I had uh, to the other days of the tournament to to try and get an overview on my stroke and what I need to do because I planned on playing in day four, even though I was set up to play last. Uh, but yeah, what a match! Um, you know, I I don't really regret any of the shots of the last rack. You know, there's maybe a safety that could have went. I could have played differently, but felt pretty good. So I went for the pretty aggressive safeties. Um, I kind of felt like David when he was shooting that three, that he would get shape on, uh, I believe it was the pink four, might have been the purple five. But uh, I thought something funny might happen to where he couldn't get out. And he caught that eight ball coming out. And, and uh, You got to love sports. Yeah, right. I don't know, right? <laughs> uh, you can't make this stuff up. But. Right. Uh, yeah, I kind of thought I was going to get a shot of some sort. Um, I ended up getting a pr pretty nice shot, even though it was a very, very delicate, touchy shot. And it, it's just a funny thing. Uh, like I said to Mike before on another podcast that I've maybe got the cue ball clean once in my career, maybe twice. 
that I can recall. Um, and it just so happened I was hitting a very slow, heavy spin shot. Uh, and then when I finally looked at the cue ball, there's a big old mark of David's chalk right where I was striking it. So, you know, if I wouldn't have been hitting the ball so soft, Nate, I would have never gotten it cleaned. Uh, but I was hitting it super soft with, with a lot of English. And that is the one time you could slide off of a chalk spot very easily. Um, so, you know, I knew the rule. I obviously thought I was at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Well, so. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, it's people, you, if there's one thing that I, I, I did see uh, it, for a criticism for you, it, it was mostly that um, the, the ref knew the rule. And he, he cleaned the cue ball so damn fast. I've never seen that guy move. So I've never seen a ref in my life move that fast. And the, the only criticism that I saw really for you that, you know, is mostly just heartbreak is what I mostly saw. But, you know, some people are like, well, the ref put it down with about four to five seconds left. Jeremy could have shot the shot. And I played with Q-Tech for two years. I was a sponsored player by Q-Tech for two years. And I think that this is what, like, when I have, when I get nervous, my hands clam up. And mm. something about those Q-Tech cues, the grips on those, they hold moisture extremely well. And when I played with Q-Tech, I, I was constantly wiping that thing off. And it, it's mostly a me thing because my hands get super wet when I play. I am always wiping off the butt of my cue. And the reason mm. you were not ready for it was because you were back wiping off the butt of your cue with it. Is is that kind of the same issue that you were running in there? Did you just – you wanted to clean that thing off for a grip? Uh, no, I – you know, like I said, I obviously thought differently of the rule. Um, I just, you know, at the moment, I thought the clock would stop. And so I figured if the clock stops, why not go wipe, wipe off the towel, get away, get ready. Let Mar you know, get let, let Marcel do his job, get away from the table and come back and shoot the shot. Um, I think maybe me and Bustamante probably have the sweatiest hands ever in the game. I don't know, Nate, if you used to watch prior to me wearing a glove, but I used to use a, a ton of powder. And uh, so sweaty hands are kind of something I deal with. <laughs> Anyways, it's just a matter of I, I wanted, uh, like I said, I thought the rule was at the time just going to be stopped. And, and uh, you know, like some commented on there, I wasn't trying to extend the time at all. Uh, I'm not one to and abuse the rule nothing wrong with using a rule but nothing nothing to abuse the rule it's just a matter of like i said if you if you get if you watch it uh i get down on the ball and i kind of look up at the object ball up at the object ball, go down the cue ball and then i see this big old spot on there and i kind of get up and and uh, marcel even told me he's never seen a chunk of chalk on the cue ball like that before <laughs> afterwards but uh no i wasn't trying to like there wasn't anything I don't know if you can tell when I get down, I'm in position to shoot. Um, I'm not sizing anything up or anything like that. Like yeah. Kachi, up and down, up and down. Yeah, yeah, down. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes get a feel for it that way, you know. But once I usually commit, aiming's over with and uh, just look to pull the trigger. What What do you say to those fans, Jeremy, that will go and say, um, well, Jason got the, got the uh, nine ball clean and the clock stopped for them? And match rooms out to get Team USA and keep them down. Well, and... if there's any of that at all, uh, I think Marcel's a, a very unbiased referee. I think he does his job well, and he's getting better at it all the time. Um, you know, uh, I do think that 
what happened with the fly and the cue ball getting cleaned at the same moment. I believe that process happened with Jason. That may have thrown me off a little bit because I did witness it. I was right there watching it happen. So that may have led me to believe the rule was different, even though I did know the rule. But right. like I said, just at that moment, I kind of got had a little little bit of a, a mess up in my brain and uh, let one get There's away. There's a lot of things going on. I mean, we're yeah, witnessing yeah, problems. We're witnessing probably. We the wanted to watch you shoot pool. the damn shot. That's what it is. We're all bitter well, because we wanted to watch you shoot it. Not, not ever that shot was brutal. Going to shoot it or not, you know. So, my wife said, I, "Hey, I, when we get home, we'll set it up." And I was like, "Well, that don't really count." So, yeah. <laughs> I haven't set it up. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think the average pool player, or even maybe the advanced pool players, how how re- realizes how difficult that shot is. You got to spin that. You got to have you know, two tips of outside spin on that ball to hit it soft enough and throw the, the six ball enough that you're able to hold the cue ball on you the right it, yeah. side of that, uh, that seven, what is it? The seven ball you're the trying eight. to stay away eight. from is the eight ball. There, well, the I eight mean, was you, involved. Yeah. Well, a lot yeah, of the, you, well, you were going to come off the eight, wasn't it? Well, the, no, the, gonna... se- the, the seven was down there, but I had to hold on the good side of the eight because a lot of the euros said, Hey, yeah. you were going to go one rail into the eight, huh? That's and I said, I no, I no. said, I wouldn't ever ask for the no, cue I think ball you to hold that. if I was doing that. I was soft spinning yeah. that ball in. So, But I like that's, that that's shot That's the shot also. that I saw. Well, I kind of like that shot also. A lot of the guys don't want to shoot that soft spin shot when the pressure's high, you know, but I kind of like it. I've always shot it's it. It's a good so. one-pocket shot. It's a good one-pocket shot. Yeah, yeah. I kind of learned yeah. side spin a little too early because uh, I started at 17 years old, so I kind of understood it quickly. Uh, probably to my demise a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I was going to spin it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would love it if, if, if the people out there, if you're like a, you know, 500, 450 to even a 600 Fargo player, set that shot up as close as you possibly can and try that shot and hold the, and hold the cue ball. I don't think people have any idea how hard that shot is. And you get thrown on those sliding conditions. But it's so much well. more because of the conditions out there, ain't it, Jeremy? Well, like, exactly. It's, it's right. a normal shot in general, and then it's oh, by the way, we're on the Moscone Cup table. Well, that and you know, you you can't check the cue ball very easily, you know, with side spin like you can your pool room table. So you had to hit it with that soft speed as well to get it to grab it all, and then kind of float the six to the pocket as well. So, um, yeah, I think I would have made it to be honest with you, but. God, we wanted you to know. see it. I was betting by the yeah. match, and I told you this yet the last time, but I was like, I mean, like, it, I, I find it very rare in pool, but it happens every now and then where I'm just like, oh, man, get it, get it. You know, and I'm nervous, and I'm my my hands are shaking, and I think to myself, how the hell is he holding himself together? Because I'm at I'm at the living room, you know, and I'm I'm over here just sweating bullets. And But that was one of those moments that I'll, I mean, I'll never forget because it was, it was really incredible. I mean, I know it wasn't, it was, you know, heartache for you on, on one aspect, but from a fan standpoint, I mean, it, it was an, an amazing match. Yeah, I kind of watched it and, you know, I mean, what my brother used to tell me, he says, hey, you're fooling around a little bit, but um, my attitude out there had to be different. And I was a little conscious. Uh, I used to be, I wouldn't say a machine-like, but very, very, very much by, to myself when I played. Um I talked to myself and whatnot, a little more stone-faced. Uh, but I, uh, once I got thrown in there to play, I kind of felt like I had to go with, of course, being serious and practice hard as much as I can, but really enjoy myself while I was out there. 
And I think that really helped, uh, even though I didn't get the points I wanted to get, it helped me play play a lot better. What 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 did those guys go and tell you afterwards after the match is over with? We saw a lot of Europeans going up going up there. Well, they just uh, from what I remember, they you know, you shot a lot of heart, showed a lot of heart, played great. Um, you know, a couple of unfortunate kind of faces towards me, like, hey, we didn't want it to go that way. We definitely wanted the win, but not not like that. And you know, as like I said before, Mike, it's probably a, a a very unique experience that I've never felt before after that match. And uh, you know, even though it was a crazy thing, and and you know, our team sure needed that point. Uh, I'll never forget that feeling of uh, my team and and those Euros uh, kind of coming together right there. And and uh, I think everybody's heart was in that match. To be honest with you, as the match went along. Even though they had just won four in a row, I think uh, players, you know, people at Matchroom, all the fans, of course, uh, I think everybody was involved in that match a little more than they ever expected. A thousand percent. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it again and just thinking about what kind of example you showed to people on what it means to be a leader for those, whatever it was, four days. Absolutely. Yeah, that... uh What's the movie, Jerry Maguire? You're not going to make me cry on here, Mike. You're not going yeah. to make me cry. <laughs> I'm serious. Listen, I'm getting goosebumps, my man, and I'm not just saying it to go and, and say it, man. I mean, it was it, – it. there were moments like that that it throughout it that were just – I won't forget it. And it really showed – 11-6 will be the score, right? Whenever you go and look at the Matchroom website, that's what you're going to go and see on there. But the American team, as much as they were dogs on paper – you guys were in it throughout it and it really could have been the other way around. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, in a loss, if you can hang your head high because you, you gave it your all, you know, and, and, uh, and then again, you can learn from it as well. That's what this American crew's got to do. Um, they have to give it their all at all times and see where they side and, uh, they're going to get wins from it. Going to win some Moscone cups doing that. And then you're also, along with those wins, you'll learn to win again. And uh, I, I'd like to remind those guys how much, how important this, this setting is for their individual career as far as winning tournaments. Uh, you know, like given that you're all in fighting is a, is a big part of it. Yep. So uh, I, I guess I want to ask the question kind of now. Um, you had, a, you had obviously, Europe has a, a coach and a vice captain as well. But neither one of them are playing, right? So they're constantly there to root on their guys. And how it how it worked out is we knew we always knew Shane was going to be the vice captain, and he was going to be a playing vice captain. But then it turns mm-hmm. out that our captain is also playing. So you know when when uh, I think the the biggest match that I th- saw was when you were in the back practicing for uh, David Alkaidi. Um, Shane wasn't out there, and because of that, you had no captains. Now. You can say whatever you want about Sky as far as, you know, you can't question his playability. You can't question whether or not he's a good team player. You can't question or not as whether or not he's a good atmosphere, you know, a good person to have around the team to keep the atmosphere light and, you know, joking around. And, you know, everybody's having a good time when they're around Sky. But if there's one thing that you can say about Sky, at least going into that, he was not a captain. He was not looking to be that leader who is, you know, picking everybody up and he wants to make you laugh. He wants to take the tension away by making you laugh and get you into the point where you're having a good time. He doesn't want to have to be the captain that has to come in. 
and make sure that everybody's ready for their next game. Like that's just, that's just not who Sky was. Now, I, I want to give him uh, crazy props because he stood up and you know did his best at it and you know tried to get and Chris Chris Reinhold again was amazing at this as well. Chris really stepped up and we saw a void basically of captaincy in that for you know you're back practicing there's nothing you can do about that but we didn't see Shane out there do you think that Shane should have been out there trying to lift up his his team or I, I guess what are your thoughts on that as a whole and I should say that this well, is a question Mike Benoza wanted asked so yeah, yeah um you know any anybody in that role and you know anybody in the captain or assistant captain role has to set everything aside um, and be there for their players. Um, you know, the one thing Shane and, and, and myself, uh, the way it went down for myself, but one thing Shane had to know going ahead of time is that, that if I take a loss, I can't, um, I can't become absent from my team. Um, um, I'm not so sure it was a conscious thing. You know, Shane's a very hard competitor. Um, He's, he's very much, you know, I'm, I'm very much like him as far as like, I don't, I don't set a loss aside so easily. Um, but this is a very unique situation right here that, that, that I think he would, he would have rather have, have treated it differently, maybe himself. Um, and been down there, uh, you know, after I think he lost two matches in that day three early, a singles and a doubles. And uh, I know that's very disheartening, but yeah, it would have been, would have been better for him being down there, um, especially considering I had to be up there practicing at the moment. Um, you know, the one good thing is our other three are pretty resilient guys, and I don't think they really they really took it to heart at all. I don't know if they even noticed it, to be honest with you, while the match was going. Um, but yeah, I think I think Shane would have liked to have done something different there. Maybe was there any talk? After that day, like, you need, you need to get your ass out there because it, it, the last day, it seemed like he was completely different. Just his, the way he came across, just whether it's body language or however you want to go and say it, but he seemed like he seemed completely different and just out there and engaged. Uh, I, you know, specifics about being out there, uh, there wasn't as much. You know, I've, I've got a few things I say to Shane to remind him that we need him engaged and, uh, you know, uh, certain little sayings, you know, that kind of remind him of that. Uh, you know, I think Shane kind of changed gears and went to, you know, let me try and enjoy myself a little more. Maybe he wasn't doing that as much the first three days, even though I seemed like he was, but, um, you know, I think probably our talks about still being able to win this. And once the lineups came out, I thought we were in a good spot to win it. Um, I thought Alex Lee really dropped the ball on day four. You know, I dropped I mean, the ball's hard one, hard one yeah, for me. I understand what he's. I understand. Yeah, I understand what he's trying to do. Right, he's trying to end it as soon as possible, not allow Americans to get uh, the momentum. But um, I mean, I I don't think that you have to front load it that much. Now, if you have Albin on the back, and you know, if Albin is playing later on, I mean, I mean, the guy's been winning everything. What are you going to go and do? Yeah. It, how know? much, yeah. How much trouble are you in? But uh, I, I don't see a reason why you have to have your two best against, you know, at least on paper, America's two best. Uh, if you could get those two against, you know, uh, a Chris or maybe even a Tyler, I mean, you got, you got to like your chances to get two points out of that a lot more. 
than if you're basically, you know, one versus one, two versus two, three versus three down the line. Yeah, I thought, I thought there was a lot of pressure on his lineup for the last day. Um, but I think it was a compliment to our guys, too. I think Alex realized that, you know, we can win points all kinds of ways. If you watch the first few days, it wasn't just thousand percent. You know, mm -hmm. Tyler and Chris went from doubles. Tyler, uh, you know, beat Josh in that in that singles match. So, but I did love the way it went down for someone trailing nine to five. I thought it was it was actually picture perfect uh, for us so to get going and, and mount that charge. Didn't work out, but um, you know, you set it up but, nice though, and I think that's all you can go and ask, right? You gave yourself that puncher's chance, and you know, put your put your horses yeah. in, in in deliberate spots. Yeah, and I think it's a. You know, like I said, more of a guys that our guys should take it like, hey, they realize we can win from any kind of position, meaning matchup to matchup. Our guys are, are in the fight. Um, so, you know, even more kudos to Tyler and, and Chris might say um, get they got their due respect there in that last day. And because I think it was easy to predict our lineup, but still, I love I love the way it went down. And yeah. and, uh, you know. To, to get back on that other question a little bit, uh, you know, it brought up to me that Shane wasn't out there during my match or whatever until the, the case game. Um, but like I said about the other guys, I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. You know, the guys that came out here, out there to me, they were just a lot of fun, saying the right things, keeping me uh, pretty relaxed. And, uh, you know, Skylar always, always gives me some kind of crazy it's just it's natural like, with sky it seems like it's just sky being yeah sky. it's almost like i could read his mind his little you know smart aleck mind <laughs> witty yeah. mind will say like i can't believe you ran out you know what i mean kind of thing you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love and, it <laughs> yeah. yeah sky's sky's really good about this so uh we all know you you have a track record we, we know that you're not an excuse maker uh so i'm not looking for you to like you know say this is the reason why we lost there. But do you think that if you had um, a dedicated captain outside? So let's let, let's go back to uh, November 3rd. And JJ was removed as captain, but he was added as a player. Mm -hmm. He was then replaced as captain by whoever you want. You know, you know Nick Varner. Let's say Nick Varner. Okay. You have a dedicated you have a dedicated captain going into that do you think that the u.s would perform better than six uh especially given the the circumstances of day two and day well really day three and day four do you think that having a dedicated captain out there would have helped to make a difference uh well might need to relabel it because they damn sure had a dedicated captain out there i'll, I'll guarantee you that <laughs> uh, but, yes but yeah. playing captain let's say that uh yes 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 that's a that's a that's a better you know, way of putting it. It's it's hard to say. Um, depends on you know your team and how you look at that dynamic of me playing. If you know, I kind of felt like uh, you know, kind of like Earl would have been very inspiring to those guys seeing that fight. Uh, so I think I think there's pros and cons to both both sides of it, uh, Nate. Um, you know, if you're I mean, fortunate enough to get a guy like Nick Varner or, you know, a handful of others, that would never hurt. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a hard – that's a hard question. Well, uh, 
I mean, it doesn't Maybe. change. You were you you were at four on the doubles and the singles. I don't think playing a captain mm-hmm. really made you know made much of a difference. You were in it, you know, at least from yeah. from the outside yeah. looking in. Like I said, well, I think there's some pluses to seeing your captain out there fight. Um, I think. Oh, a million percent, Jeremy. Even, I mean, I can't speak for the players, but I can say from from fans at home, seeing you go on fight was the most inspiring thing I've seen this year in pool. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mike. And uh, you know, like I said, I think there are pros to that. There's there's pros to having that brain set aside without having to play, which is huge, um, especially if it's a good brain, like I said, like a Nick Varner or somebody like that. Uh, but being in that mix, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's a kind of look at it like war a little bit. You know, that colonel tells you to go out there is a lot different than him saying, come on, guys, let's go. You know, yep. you know, it's sure. a, a little bit different, yeah. I would think, you know, especially because I was your troops in the battle as opposed to documentaries. And I could see they always talked about how much spite they had for their their officers and their and their bosses. So um, anyway, well, it's one like, thing to go and say it. It's another thing to go out there and and do it and not just do it, but the manner in which you did it. You know, well, I think, on, I, yeah. you know, I, I think if you did have a non-playing captain, it's somebody that needs to have been in that mix before. I think that has uh, goes go, sends a lot of trust throughout your team. Uh, Credibility. When, when said, so. Well, how do you how do you um, I guess saying that you, you think that uh, somebody should have out. So so what do you think about the idea of like a Johan then? Do you think that. Uh, he was just a special case then? Because obviously, you know, Johan can't, he barely knows which side of the pool cue to use. I, I mean that respectively. I, I don't literally mean that, but like he doesn't play. No, he's not the, he's not a top player or anything like that. Um, you know, there's always uh, unique situations where things work. Um, I, you know, it takes a, 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 a special kind of situation. I think. I think one thing that really worked in Johan's favor, um, back probably when your credibility. Over, right? What's that? Probably you, right? You you brought that credibility to the team, right? Well, I'm talking with your about resume. You started, have to, right? Yeah, yeah, when he started 15 years ago uh, with the Euros, hmm. um, I think the Euros were ready to to buy into to a lot of different systems to win. Uh, because they had gotten beat so many times, uh, you know. Uh, so I, I think Johan's system of, of, of uniting the guys, uh, making them work and think outside the box a little bit, um, they were ready for that trigger um, at that moment. And then, you know, it kind of collectively worked together with them. And, and to be honest with you, you, you know, nothing against Johan, but I saw the Euros improving each year. Uh, back then as well. I didn't think the Moscone Cup was going to be some type of cupcake or professional pool was going to be a lot of Euros involved in that as far as winning. So um, I think there is a situation for somebody that wasn't a player. Um, But I look at a lot of the other situations in other sports that are similar to the Moscone Cup. And of course, the Ryder Cup is the main one. And I've never seen them that I can recall I've never seen them pick a captain on either side that wasn't somebody uh, that was a professional player. And being in that mix and knowing a little bit of what's going on and, and how you feel out there is huge. Yep. Do, do you think that um, uh, 
what you showed is that there's more variables to making a team aside from just like going out there and winning a major. Because I mean, Jeremy Jones wasn't winning the U.S. Open this year. Jeremy Jones wasn't winning uh, uh, a World Championship. But for all intents and purposes, for those four days, I mean, you were the you were the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, you know, it's you know, it's just that's kind of what the coach's role is. Is hard. You have to gamble if you're if you're thinking about winning, unless it's just like kind of like easy pickings on who you're going to pick. Maybe it kind of speaks for itself a little bit. Um, yeah. Or you're in Europe's case where they they have a lot of guys they could choose and and, and pick from as a team. Um, you know, like last year, a very unique situation with COVID and whatnot. But um, you know, with the pick of Chris Robinson last year, Chris Reinhold, excuse me, I uh, felt like he would play well. You know, and that's where I have to take a gamble and maybe not be so happy in the public forum to a lot of people or not be so, such a, a pleasant pick. But, you know, you have to see who's going to who's going to work well together, who's going to play well together and and who's not going to be something negative. Uh, so, you know, and then you have certain guys, no matter what, they're getting on the team because their record and their the way they play is, is uh, deserving and. The good thing is we don't have a lot of bad elements in that regard. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you, do, do you think if you had a choice, you know, Jeremy Jones, the captain or Jeremy Jones going after a spot in the Moscone Cup? Well, I love to play more than anything. Still, I, I still got that play in me. Um, I'd love to do that. Uh, I don't really see probably – you know, making all those events to do that, I, I, my rankings or if I have any at all, don't don't really allow me to play in some of those events. But, um, you know, if I have any squeak in an event here and there and, and have some results, I might entertain a little bit more of looking at playing a, a little bit more events. But, yeah, I'd love to be a player. again. It, that was, listen, that was it may not look awesome. so good if if you're the captain's pick, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid of that, Mike, to be honest with you. you oh, know, you showed I that. There, you ain't going to hear any arguing from me. You know? With no preparation, right. you look yeah. you look like you belong. Well, if I got oh, out there and played argue. and had some results and, you know, um, I'm not afraid of, of what I think's picking something that I think has got a chance to win. So, I like it. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, so – have you heard yet about next year? Are you are you going to be? Have you been announced as the captain for next year yet? There's Matchroom still working through those details. Yeah, they. You know, we wish each other happy holidays. Um, you know, I expressed that I'd love to have that shot in America. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be rocking. I just kind of left it at that. Uh, wished Matchroom and all those people happy holidays. And um, Emily Fraser said we'll talk. You know, after the holidays, after, you know, first year or whatnot. And, uh, you know, I pray that I'm involved there on, on, on the bench for Team USA. I, if, I asked you this. I, I asked you well, this before, let me Let me follow up. Oh, let me let me follow up, please. Um, so it let's – perfect world, you're the captain. What what changes for vice captain? Anything? Does Shane want that job back? I think he does. Um, I think he's a lot like most of us. He wants to improve off of what happened. Um, he wants to process it. You know, a lot of people, you know, Shane's an obviously 
one of the greatest talents we've ever seen in our sport, but he's also got a brain up there. There's, there's, you can't have it and be that, you can't not have it and be that great. So I think Absolutely. he'll, he'll, you know, take his time on how he wants to process it. And I, I certainly think he'd want to move on, on that job and in some facet. I think he's got right, to improve go ahead, on being a leader though. I think he's got to Im- improve on, on being a leader for those guys out there. You know, he's got to be conscious about it because like you said, it's, it's unique, Jeremy, you know, he's so competitive. He puts, but it's tough because he's used to being the alpha and, and only depending on himself. So it's, it's a very, I mean, unique's the word for it. It's a very different situation. Yeah. You know, if he's going to take the, you know, even if he's not going to take the assistant captain role and if he didn't want to, that'd be fine. Uh, I think everyone would understand that, but you know, being the guy that wears our cape the most, uh, uh, he he's got to he's got to be that leader even if he's not the assistant captain and certainly if he is the assistant captain right i think he will uh improve on his job just like you know if i'm lucky enough to be captain again i got to improve on my job so um you know none of us has walked through Shane's shoes uh right none of us has uh, grown up in the shoes he's been in and like and so we have to sit back and 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 uh, just like giving him that job to begin with, we got to sit back and trust that uh, that he's going to do the things to uh, to get that cup next year. What does it mean to you to represent Team USA? Well, it's kind of like nothing else, to be honest with you, Mike. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to win the big tournaments. Um, have some extreme feelings during those events. Uh, on the road, all kinds of great stories, and but when it comes down to that representing your country and that team there's there's probably nothing better um i grew up in an era without cable television <laughs> so you know it was notre dame and uh whoever on for football every week and then you know once every four years it was that olympics and uh you know you're, you're you guys are both a little younger than me but back in the late 70s and, and all through the 80s the olympics was like the, the real deal you know i think it gets a little set aside these days, even though it's still huge. Um, so that was where I got the taste of, of USA and has never really left me. And I'm you know, pretty fortunate to, to be able to have that red, white, and blue on represent any kind of way possible. You don't, you don't have to call me young, Jeremy. I, I'm turning 30 this year. I'm turning into a man. All right. He, he, oh, hasn't, shaved, he hasn't shaved a day well, in his you know, life. I Jeremy. thought you were hair older than 30. Wow. 30s. No, I, <laughs> Well, technically 29, but I'm turning 30 very soon. So, you know, I'm, I'm you turning go. into a man. I may, maybe I'll get my first razor for my birthday. Who knows? I was going to say, you might have to start shaving. <laughs> His voice is starting to change on us right now. Right. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Nate, and I'm going through puberty. <laughs> um, Emily alluded to to uh, uh, mentioning rankings for, for Team USA and wanting more of a structure. How much do you love the idea um, if, let's say, it's three and two, where three are coming from rankings? Do, do, you know, do you want more control? Do you love the idea of it kind of being taken out of your hands in that regard where it's, it gets a lot of the BS and the you know, rumors online and stuff like that just kind of out the door? Yeah, I mean, um, I think everyone wants that. Um, it's the correct thing to do. Um, you know, we don't want participation trophies, right? But uh, right, you're not going to accidentally go participate in those tournaments and get in the top two or three, whichever they decide on on rankings. 
And what a lot of people don't realize is what was that now? They're up 14 to 13, so it's been, and we had one tie. So that's 28 Moscone Cups, right? Is that correct? I believe so. I think that's correct. So, you know, I would say the best part of those Moscones, 20, probably 20 of those. Well, let's excuse the first three or four when it was in its infancy and trying to get going. But Matchroom went off rankings. You know, the majority of those 28 Moscone Cups uh, for a certain number of players. You know, I played in seven seven Moscone Cups, and none of those uh, didn't have ranking qualifications. Some years it was three players, some years it was two players. But they definitely want it to be official. People think uh, they sit back and handpick the team, and that's not the case. Yeah, isn't it Matchroom that picks all the players? Isn't that uh... – I, I, I think I read once by some uh, somebody's drunk uncle that uh... – they picked Earl and then wouldn't let him play because they were scared of how good he was playing. <laughs> no, yeah, that's not trying to keep the red, white, and <laughs> oh, blue that, down. <laughs> that's not real. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought I thought they picked uh, Earl so that they could use his platform, and then they saw how good he was playing, and then they're like, "Oh no, we can't let America win, so we're going to kick Earl out." I I heard that was a thing. That's not no. No, 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 that's not a oh, thing. No, all right, all right. Bye. No, Matchroom wants to see Earl play every match if possible. Uh, and yeah, at least at least that's the, you know, the feeling and what my brain tells me. Do you think yeah. he deserves another shot to be out there? Well, I mean, you know, he played some great matches at some big events this year. One thing that I think would bode well did. for Earl is to play more events. I don't think he can just sit at home just like anybody else and make the Moscone Cup. So um, I think he'll have those great events too. You know, he might not win it. It's a hard sport to win at. Uh, uh, but if he goes he out there and play. He can still play great nine ball pool with anybody in the world, you know. he can. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's got his stroke. He still plays aggressive, um, which is one thing you can lose a little bit as you get a little older. You play a little more passive at times and. He understands how he has to play to win at the levels he's playing at, which is kind of like something I always, I always tell myself, like at the Missouri this year, is, hey, you have to go out and shoot at the shots that you're supposed to shoot at. Whether you're not playing all the time or not, the only way to win is to play the game correctly, like you were in stroke. And I think Earl does that. He sticks to his aggressiveness, and, and um, that's what makes him Earl. What can we expect in Vegas? Uh, I think you're going to see I, – I, I did message Emily saying that I think you'll sell out 3,000 easy a day if you want to go that route. So I think you're going to see something. I haven't seen people this, this excited about it in forever. I created well, a post to see who wants to be in the queued up section, and we're at sixty, and I made one post. So I think yeah. I think our section alone is going to have over a hundred. Yeah, and then the same thing for the Dallas people here. They're they're trying to put a big group together. Uh, big. Yeah, I was talking with Doc and them. He said the same thing. He said we're going to be rolling like at least a hundred deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be crazy. I think, I think, uh, I think our fans will do it right. Uh, uh, Nothing against the Euros, but it got to at times last year. But it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from the day per, three you know, was bad. The, what's that? Day three was bad. They they could not yeah, get control of the crowd. Tough, you know? Um, myself being where I was at, I didn't really have to 
deal with that too much. But I think I think Vegas is going to be awesome. I think Matchroom realizes uh, awesome is right here on the cusp, maybe even more awesome than ever before here in America. So I'm sure they'll put their brains to it and, and bring us one hell of a show and set up. Um, and then I think you're going to see that America win in one hell of a close match. I asked I'm excited you this for Valleys. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually like the venue of Valleys. It's like right in the heart of everything, and it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, I always <laughs> enjoyed myself at Valleys. You know, so. I asked you before the Moscone Cup, Jeremy. I said, "Is it fair to go and judge you based off of the last couple of years? You know, including what was to be this year." I'm going to ask you the same question again. You know, take off that that captain's hat and put on your pool commentator hat. You know, how do you think you did this year? Well, I think I did pretty well with the team. Uh, you know, we picked a little later than normal, which I liked uh, seeing stuff at the international. Um, like to do more during the year, even, you know, you're not going to know the team that early in the year, but you can certainly help players. Um, you know, I'm, I, I listen and watch and read about professional sports all the time and understand it, that it's a very uh, uh, tough, tough business. So, uh, you know, I got another loss as a, as a captain, uh, which, which, which hurts and, and doesn't help things. But, um, but I, thought, I thought the fight was there. I thought we got put in position real well to, you know, quote, unquote, steal that cup away from the Euros as them being a pretty big favorite. Um, so all in all, I thought the job was great. Uh, I think some things on the table could have could have maybe shown that a little bit better. A few shots here and there, take you know, give or take. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if I continue to be captain, uh, which which uh, I hope that's the case, I gotta I gotta get better at my job and and uh, get a win for our our country. Well, you got a lot of wins on a lot of other aspects too. You know, yeah, but trophy, you know, participation trophies. For sure, that's not I, for and I'm not that guy, Jeremy. I'm not that guy <laughs> to be like the participation trophy. That's not my bag at all. You know, you chalk it up I one way. When, wins and losses, but you know, inspiration goes a long way, and giving guys motivation, and not just that, but it's that it's don't do what's that saying? Do as I say, not as I do. Well, you went out and did it. You know. You went out there and not just said all the right things, but you went out there and really um, took a bullet for your guys because you were, you know, had it been a massacre, it would have been real easy to go and say, oh, it was Jeremy's fault. You know, that, you know, Earl got out the door and put it all on your shoulders. And I'm sure you would have had no problem going and embracing that. But you really you really inspired a lot of people. You gave the American fans a lot of uh, to look forward to in 22 when it comes to uh, the Moscone Cup. And I know myself and Nate and. A ton of other people are just real excited. And I tell you what, you want to hear people go and complain. Let them go and say Jeremy Jones is not the captain of Team USA. The yeah. internet will be will be ablaze, my man. <laughs> yeah. I'd be you know, I, I, I I still I, I still would love to see the opportunity that we actually get to see Jeremy Jones the captain. Cause I I, I mean Every time we think that we we're going to get to, you know, a, a proper showing of like just nothing else but you being the captain, you get hit in the face with a snowball. And I say that because we got the 12th hour, outside, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no fans in Europe uh, playing to a silent arena. I mean, that's that's 
brutal in itself. And then on top of it, you're thrown with players that, you know, the top quality in uh, the U.S. can't be picked anymore. And we, we know who that is and why that's the case. And now we're thrown into, you know, we almost have a normal team-ish. And hey, guess what? Jeremy, why don't you just come over and play with us? Let's let's let, let's see how this yeah. goes. <laughs> you, yeah, every, Trevor I mean, every is single... the greatest nine ball player has ever lived. Yeah, <laughs> so, no big yeah, deal. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, what is it? Yeah. What is it? Um, what uh, whatever that what can go wrong will go wrong. That's like that's been your captaincy so far when it comes to like not even your decisions. It's just like the way that you're everything that could go wrong as far as like he's caught some roles. He's got some bad this? roles. There ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> How hard can we make it on Jeremy? Let's 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 see. Oh oh yeah. no, Earl. Yeah, go on. Oh, you got to play. Go on. Like it's was tough. that like, your cue? You play with Jeremy? Like, cause I remember asking you, are you going to be taking your cue out there uh, to the UK? And you said, no, I'm leaving it at home. Was that your cue, or did you have the ball? Yeah, it was cue? actually my cue. I just decided to bring it. Um, I, you know, I thought we were going to have a little, you know, more downtime with some stuff, and uh, being at the hotel uh, the first several days, we were supposed to have a. a uh, table set up there, but COVID kind of got a hold of that where we couldn't do that. So I thought, you know, a lot of times I can't sleep the first few days being over there. So I thought I might be up at 2 a.m. hitting some balls down on the practice table or, you know, just pass the time, uh, you know, maybe beat Skylar out a, a few lunches, playing some one pocket or something like that. You know? <laughs> but, uh, he's got to run one pocket game. He's, t- <laughs> hey, he's becoming tougher to beat now, I'll tell you. Yeah. But, you're playing uh, with the uh, what do you got the avid Q with the twelve five synergy? Or are you playing with the eleven eight synergy? I play with the twelve five. I I ain't, got, I ain't had time to get used to the avid shaft, even though I really love it. And uh, but once I got that weight kit in and got to tinker around with that weight kit, oh man, that's pretty sweet. Uh, but uh, what was I going to tell you? I was going to tell you something, and I kind of forgot. Oh, as far as like, what are you doing? Cool. I was well, y'all were commenting about like. You know, getting a clean slate to captain. You know, last year we lost Bergman to COVID. Uh, we had to have Corey come in last second. Uh, this year, you know, everybody knows what I happened. I completely forgot about that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of like, yeah, you could say this or that. Now, last year I would say was you could probably give it a little bit of a excuse for both teams. I think both teams would tell you that last year during – no fans right in the heart of COVID that it just, it was a little bland. Um, it was a little flat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then this year, I wouldn't say that was much of an, ex, you know, uh, it was a bad role losing Earl. Don't get me wrong, but I think once we got going, we were in the fight and that's, that's all we cared about. Um, so, you know, last year, no matter, or this coming year, no matter how, how it comes down, as long as the guys, no matter who's on that team, whoever's captain or whatever, you, you get in the mix of that fight. If you can feel that fight, you're in it to win it. So uh, that's the mindset that that needs to stay. Is it? Uh, does it make me a bad person? I was hoping for one more person to get uh, removed from COVID. I, I it's a, <laughs> what? What? you know it. It's Mike didn't like it when I said this on the podcast. It was very possible that I was the next best American in all of the UK at that time. I thought I should. <laughs> I thought I should have got at least a, at least a nod, Jeremy. You know, at least a call, a text. You know, saying what are you doing for the next few days? You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, they're. Uh, you were on <laughs> deck, buddy. You were on deck as well. You know, so maybe y'all, Jeremy, you know, Nate. Who else yeah. was there? Tony Piazza, who was a really good, really good player. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he plays good. Years he plays ago, good. So yeah, he plays good. Maybe, maybe if a, another spot had come open, y'all would have had to have a, a little mini playoff right there. 
something like <laughs> I'll that. I'll thumb wrestle him for it. Yeah, but well, it was always, <laughs> you know, I think there was always the plan of an alternate player. Um, it's just the way the government kind of stalled on letting Earl know. They waited some five days um, before contacting him, and then and then we saw it was just 24 hours before the event. Pretty impossible to get another player there, get through all the COVID restrictions, let alone I'm not sure anybody, you know, I don't play very often, but you put somebody on a long flight with no sleep and everything, I probably play a little better than them on the first day or two anyway. So, um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that was never really the plan that for me to take somebody's place. It just kind of went that way. Yeah. Well, uh, I bet that, uh, that's all the questions I have. Uh, Mike, you have anything else? Yeah. Now that we got all that unimportant stuff out of the way, I, I want to just, I want to ask you real quick, a, a little birdie told me you're going to be commentating a match coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. You talked oh, about geez. the, uh, the match in Florida. Greatest show in history. Yeah. 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 Right. The only match anybody can go in and talk about right now. Why didn't uh, I get an yeah, ask for that? Uh, I'll be, uh, they, they hit me up and, and fortunate enough that, uh, they let me, uh, use a, a few choice words during that match. So, <laughs> Dom told me that you came knocking, asking to commentate. That they didn't reach out to you; you came to them. That's how much that that's how important this match was to history of pool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I was kind of actually. Uh, Cleary was asking me about not me commentating, but like about commentating, and then I said I asked him. I said uh, I'd do it for you all if you wanted, and he said yeah. So it worked out good. It's been a lot of fun watching videos online. I'll tell you. Sure. They're putting a lot could, of work, man. Could you imagine yeah. how much money Shane would have if he got, if like he promoted all of his events the way that these two are? Shane would be a trillionaire. I know, right? <laughs> He's working on it anyway. Well, man. Yeah, well, the marketing appreciate... that these guys do for this is wolf oh, for sure. sick. We appreciate yeah, you coming well, on, you man, know. and just being open-minded with everything, Jeremy. You know. Say it again. No, I said we appreciate you coming on and being open-minded and and taking all of our questions and I'm sure we left some on the table, but you've been you've been awesome throughout. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, there's always a lot of story behind all these events, so I think it's important that uh, some of the story gets out and and people understand that uh, that these things are for real and everybody's trying their asses off. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better right there. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again, Jeremy, for uh, for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. We appreciate you as always. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, we got uh, we got clear to hear you. We got clearly clear, ugh, clearly and done in a couple <laughs> days. We're going to get to hear you some more, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, what looks like an action-packed 2022. So we had a few months of great pool there at the end of uh, yeah, 21. Yeah. And have 10 or 12 months of great pool in 22 absolutely all right well thank you everybody for tuning in and uh until next time later guys yeah thanks guys Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to contribute to the future content that will be made, consider joining the podcast's Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash queue it up.
Becoming a Patreon of the podcast will help to create all of the future content that the podcast will have. Special shout out to Dave Peters, Aaron Taylor, Pete Silsby, Morgan Lupton, Ben Young, Robert Miller, Andy Morse, and Bill Pelham for your generous contributions to the podcast's Patreon. If you ever need any more information on what the Patreon system is or how you can contribute outside of the Patreon, please reach out to the podcast or Nate himself. If you would like to contribute to the podcast for free, consider sharing any podcasts or the podcast page on Facebook itself. Also, leaving a review and a rating if you listen through iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Cue It Up podcast.